Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos on Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello and thanks for joining us in Growing Together from Petersfield's Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice and I'm sat at the Adhurst Estate Allotments with Steve Amos. Good morning. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Surprisingly warm. Yes. End of October, we're recording here. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? It is. I know, it's quite um, unnerving. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I don't like the cold, Steve, but I know we have to have cold. Mm. It's important to have cold. But it has been unusually mild and warm well we had October. we had a very slight frost a week or so ago i think didn't we and that's that's been it so far but you know who knows what's to come we'll see but yeah. it's nice being down here again it, at the it's great place. isn't it and yeah. the, the dailies are still going i wasn't expecting to see them <laughs> at all but they do look glorious though. i know they're, they're, they're doing really well especially those those collarettes there on the end yeah they're fantastic they struggled in the summer they, they were new this year can't stop picking them now. how funny it's weird isn't it i mean the cosmos again we mentioned this last month cosmos still going yeah my marigolds calendula's yeah. still going it's crazy apples galore my kids won't eat any more apple crumbs. Oh, no. Although the one I made last week was quite spectacular, I have to say. Oh, what did you put in it? Oh, just apples from the tree, a little bit of cinnamon. Yeah. I've got it, got it spot on now. Nice it's caramelised. Oh, it's five. delicious. You know when it blips around the edge? Yeah. Oh, it was, Ooh, it was delicious, yeah. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing the same. Have you? Apple crumbles. Yeah. Now I've been giving apples to my neighbours so they can make apple crumbles. Yeah. It's just... Well, I'm I've actually been... going to stew all the rest of the apples and pears. I've got quite a lot of pears as well. And put it in the freezer. And freeze them down. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. to do that. Yeah. Well, I keep threatening to make some jam from last year's raspberries. I still haven't made jam from last year's raspberries. So I think I'm waiting for the cold, wet weather so I can actually spend some time inside. But that's the thing, because it is so nice. Yeah. You want to make the most of it of outside in the garden. So Absolutely. I've been tidying and sorting and edging and just preparing things as much as I can, which I didn't have the time to do. So to have this little extra little bit of of warmth oh, and great, time to get it, out no, of the gardens. It's great. great and I make a cheese sandwich in the uh, in the morning, come up here, you spend the day up here. Mm. You know, because you're not cold. So it's, it's when it's cold or wet, you need to go home, don't you? Yeah. And of course we've got no electricity up here, so there's no halogen lamp in the shed to keep us nice and warm. So uh, you know we don't need we don't need anything like that. But a nice cheese sandwich up here all day yes lovely yeah i've got loads of leave to use up by the end of the year i've got to cut the days booked off just to spend at the allotment really self-indulgent but just to spend some time at the allotment whole day on my own brilliant how nice yeah it's gonna be good that's a treat yeah that's gonna be good absolutely (laughs) we're looking around at your allotment plot you have already some covers over some of your beds yes to get them ready for the winter absolutely so just some organic matter over the top of the soil haven't even dug it over just organic matter over the top cover it with the the black plastic which i have been using it's about five years old now so use and reuse so plastic i know is controversial but as long as you keep using it it's fair play to use it isn't it so that's what i've done so yeah there's three big beds and most of the little beds are all covered now ready for the winter so we need some more manure now has it arrived yet? not yet okay. not yet so i need to do that before it gets really wet because it comes in the biggest tractor you've ever seen with a 20 ton trailer on the back and, and dumps the biggest mountain of manure you've ever seen in your life it's Brilliant. great yeah <laughs> and it goes within a week it's like locusts around here honestly people are itching for the manure to arrive and when it does it's gone it's incredible i remember when i had an allotment plot in east meon okay and the same thing happened a huge load of manure arrived yes. and i literally went there wheelbarrow spade and just 
got on with it. Yep. Oh, I was absolutely filthy by the end of it. <laughs> Smelly and filthy. But the plots but were you happy? Were happy. Yeah, the plots were good. I were was you happy? happy? Was that, yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. And it's an expression about a pig in something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Absolutely, love it. But I think I'm about to buy one of those great big bags that gets delivered to your house full of manure. Okay. So I'm going to Yeah, yeah, the cubic metre bags. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've not done it before, you see. Usually I, I buy the manure from the garden centres. Okay. But and that, that does work out really out expensive. Quite, yeah, Even when it it's does. on a deal, you know. But no, it does. It still works out quite expensive. And I think when we get, I think it's between 15 and 20 tonnes we get delivered and we, we pay about 150 quid for that. You know, it's, it's a massive amount, you know. But the smaller you get, the more expensive it is. Yes. You know, absolutely. so you buy a little bag of manure and it costs you a fiver. What we do is we charge people a pound a barrow for the manure. Okay. But I think that might go up this year. You know, cost of living, cost of poo. Everything's all gone going up. up. Everything's yeah. going up. <laughs> tough times it is definitely <laughs> but still loads to do um, I mean this time of year obviously it's a lot of tidying up I, I did my greenhouse last weekend the tomatoes had, there were still some tomatoes on there and hundreds of green ones like I mean hundreds of green ones and you can only eat so much green tomato chutney can't you yes so uh, I, I cleared all that out that's all done all the pots that things were grown in there all cleaned out all stacked up ready to go what I actually do with the pots I, I leave them outside put them in boxes and leave them outside to the elements and let, let nature do its work rather than using chemicals to clean them leave them outside I was going to ask you what you do to yeah no I leave box. them outside and it, I it, do too. it, it works okay. really well yeah and again plastic but reuse and reuse and reuse but yeah no so that, that's been done and obviously the allotment when stuff's going over it's it's tidying it up have you seen the beans over there they're still they're going. still going My he's goodness. still picking a couple of pounds of beans every week honestly unbelievable have you spoken to him about his plans for next year for the bean poles? Because they were put in so he, securely. He's they? growing less next year. Oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's two rows of bean poles there. We can still see flowers on them from yes, here. Yes, you can. Yeah, too many. And as he said, you can only have so many beans. You can only give so many away. Even the neighbours, the polite neighbours are saying, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, so it's just too much. That's but it's their great. first year up here. And the plot they took over was extremely well looked after by, by a lovely father and daughter couple that were up here. And um, unfortunately, they gave up due to ill health. But um, he, he was an amazing guy um, and looked after all the beds. So he, he had a bit of a head start. So there's a lot of goodness in the beds. And now he knows how much goodness is in the beds. He grows less bean plants. <laughs> but that actually is the key. You've got to look after your soil. Oh, massively. And now is the time to do it. Yes, definitely. Really, really put all those nutrients back into the soil. It's something I've learned the hard way as well. Mm. And it's, it's so important to get that right. I've spoken to Paul Abbott at Durley Marsh Farm, yep. and he says the same thing. So important. Spend that extra time to yeah. get all it, the goodness in the soil. It's absolutely we'll 100% worth it. You know, spending the time and the money mm. on some manure. Or, and what's really handy, if you've only got a small plot, those chicken pellets. They're brilliant. They're full of goodness. And, and they're so easy to use. You know, you buy a big sort of five kilo tub from the garden centre and just sprinkle them on. I do that early spring. You know, when I take the covers off, a bit more chicken manure on there, dig it all in, absolutely brilliant. Good tip. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's so handy and so easy just to get a handful of it and sprinkle it around. It's, it's perfect. It's really good. The thing to remember, if you've grown potatoes in the ground, obviously I don't, but if you grow potatoes in the ground, is to dig the plot over before you cover it, before you put any manure on it. Try and get even the tiniest little potato out of the ground because you can see the flower bed there there is a potato plant coming up there. How that's managed, I don't know. Well, I tip the bags out. 
I, I put the spent compost onto the beds as well just to improve the texture of the soil because it's quite clay up here so the more compost and whatever you put in there the better so it's obviously one that's escaped the sieve and uh, and come through and it'll have been five millimeters in diameter the potato but it still produces a little potato plant it's yeah, crazy i have them do you yeah all over all the place the, but i mean again potatoes are no for helping to break up break the soil, the soil. Definitely. it was one of the things that i was advised to do when i first got the allotment mm. plot at east meon because it was a brand new site so Plant we had potatoes. to dig all the grass up initially yep. and make our plots how we wanted them mm. it was a lot of hard work and yes someone said well you should just fill that whole plot with potatoes the first year yeah certainly leaving stuff in the ground when you take your beans down mm. cut them off at the ground and leave the bean roots in the ground because they hold nitrogen which then gets left back in the soil yes and it, it's amazing little nodules you get when you accidentally pull one out it's incredible looking at them nature's crazy isn't it? it is crazy yeah. and those tiny little seeds exactly exactly grows so much well we had it we had we haven't really had a longest runner bean competition this year it's sort of been open coxie my dear neighbor thought he had the winner with a 40 centimetre bean. So I've been scouring the area for people that have still got beans growing. <laughs> and I went and spoke to the guy over there and we poured over his bean plants and we found another bean. It was 42 centimetres. <gasps> Poor Coxie. Oh dear. Absolutely devastated. He took it like a man. He took it really well. <laughs> but you could tell in his eyes he was devastated because the other big news, obviously, at the allotments, we've had the pumpkin competition oh, since we last spoke. How heavy was the heaviest The pumpkin? heaviest pumpkin. So let me just get the uh, live on the radio. Here we go. The list of results. So the lightest pumpkin we had was just shy of three kilos. Okay. okay? Which is probably about the size as, as a big pumpkin you get in Tesco's. And then in second place with nearly 21 kilos was Coxie. Amazing. Again, the bridesmaid because yeah. the winner was that whopper was. that you took a picture of. Yeah. 32 kilos on, on the nose. Do you think you'll do that again next Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, we had 14 people enter, okay. and I put an email out after it, and people, oh, I so wish I'd entered, you know. So hopefully next year, now they realise it's a bit of fun, and 32 kilos is absolutely beatable, in my opinion. I've already sourced some seed for next year. I haven't bought it yet, but I know where I'm getting it from. So game on next year. Brilliant. I love those little competitions <laughs> it's great, that we isn't have it? here. Yeah, 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 it's a real no, thing. Definitely, definitely. Keeps the community spirit alive. But poor Coxie. We've devastated. I bet that extra bit of rain that we had, September time, you know, must have really helped that last boost. Yeah, I guess so. Mine didn't. What were yours? Oh, don't. Mine didn't even break 10 kilos. Oh. That's what happens when you don't water them in the summer. <laughs> and you, and you get the, the left to the devices of your friends to water them for you when you go away. He's still I'm not having, bitter. I was going to still having a dig at you, Cox. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Every month he has to get it in. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Not. So has there been anything else going on here at the allotments? Do you have a kind of gathering where people go, what worked, what didn't work? Well, we've got our AGM coming up in the second week of November. There's the opportunity to obviously chat and ask questions and this, that and the other. But, you know, there isn't really a, a forum, I suppose. It could be a good idea, but like anything with these organisations like the allotment, you know, it's always the same people that turn up to the events or talk together or respond to emails or it's always the same people you know and it, it's fine it, it is what it is you know I do get a bit grumpy now and again when you know people don't turn up to working parties and things like that but generally it's fine the work gets done people turn up people enjoy themselves and those that do and want to it's great I do a report that gets read out at the AGM which what I think went well and a couple of working parties before the end of the year the Christmas one is always well attended because we always bring mince pies and mulled wine lovely yes 
What do you do at the Christmas working party then? Is it just work. A, a general tidy up? Yeah, yeah. There's always so we've got a, a plan. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of um, really cool ecology on the site. You know, from you know the bird life to reptiles and amphibians and you know you name it, we've got it. And apparently, we've been told we've got quite a healthy population of dormice here as well which is awesome so it's all about improving the habitat for, for nature around here and obviously the upkeep of the fencing and, and as you say just a general tidy up really i know we spoke to phil very earlier on in the year mm. and phil knows an awful lot about trees he does the tree planting that we've done obviously we've got a, a lime and elm woodland that we've planted and um, we've planted some coppices of hazel as well and phil has been instrumental in that sort of side of things the orchard it's kind of a bit of a separate entity but certainly native hedging we've done a lot of that i think we planted last year so over a thousand bare root trees we planted last year which is quite something really it's amazing yeah no it's great it's great and it, it's a beautiful site we've got here you wouldn't think you know we're on the edge of a fairly busy town right by a, a very busy road and it's, it's an amazing place such a haven for wildlife i remember last year sat here seeing you know from a raptor perspective kestrel a buzzard a red kite and even a sparrowhawk so to support that many raptors in one small space the ecology here has got to be phenomenal and that's what we continue to strive to improve so it's good that's really great yeah no it's great it's really exciting I'm talking of, of bare roots. Yes. It's the bare root season. It is. And it goes on approximately to sort of March time, depending on the weather. But <laughs> yeah. really, get it, those bare roots in, I would say, sort of from November through to January. Absolutely. Um, and it's such the an right amazing choice, you know, of, of fruits and, and apples. And I know you spoke to Neil the other day, which he's a great guy and knows an awful lot about apples and pears and cherries and plums and everything he's yeah that's right really interesting guy to talk to if that's neil at southern fruit trees we'll play a little bit of footage of the interview that i did find out a bit more about bare root trees up there i've come to southern fruit trees in blackmore just north of petersfield and i've met with neil smith hi neil hi hi claire what a lovely morning to be up here i know it's beautiful isn't it? just the sun's coming out it is it's it's a typical autumnal day and heading into autumn, it's the bare root season, which is something you know a little bit about, I understand. That's our big season, yeah. It's when we obviously lift trees and bring them into the plant centre, so we're getting ready for it. How many trees do you have here? We grow about 220 varieties of trees, and we probably lift maybe a 1,000 trees to bring in here, so it's quite a, quite a big operation, but there's only two of us. Wow, my goodness. So when do you start lifting? Well, it seems to get later and later, but we, we, we plan to start lifting first week in November probably second week in November but it gets it, it, it used to be sort of the second week of October but it, the weather is warmer and because of the long hot summer we've had stuff was actually it's still in flower up in the field so we had to delay it really and what does lifting involve you grow the, the trees in the fields then how, how old are the trees when you lift them the trees are basically two-year-olds they're classed as two-year-olds they've been sitting there for three years but we can only call them two-year-old trees and three-year-olds but the majority are two-year-old trees we put a rootstock in the ground and then we bud it and then we grow it up to a to what's called a maiden and then we come back to it and we prune it into whatever shape or form we want and then we give it another year to grow and um, it comes out we dig it up from the field and bring it in to sell at the plant set or obviously d- deliver it to people online that's, that's that's a big part of the business now now we're talking mainly fruit trees here what do you specialize in we specialize in what's called train trees espaliers which are effectively trees that you can grow flat against surfaces walls or fences or houses espaliers and and fan train trees is what we do really apples and pears and any particular varieties yeah i mean espaliers can only be grown as apples and pears and fan train trees are any of the stone fruits like cherries or plums or peaches nectarines so that's that's the differences 
but as I say, we, you know, we grow probably 70 or 80 apple varieties and 15 odd pears. So there's, there's quite, quite a number. That is quite a number. So how long has Southern Fruit Trees been here? Oh, that's a good question. Well, we've, we've been growing trees for about 25 years, I suppose, in the, in the two fields we have. Mike, who started the business, has been growing trees his whole life. So he's Blackmore through and through. So he's been growing trees 50, 60 years. I started with, with Hilliers, so I suppose my career started 40 years ago with, with Hilliers. And have you noticed a, a difference in varieties that are popular? Yeah, obviously with, with, with a lot of the apples that come through supermarkets nowadays, everything's hard and crisp and red and it's difficult to sell a green apple nowadays. But um, popular varieties like Cox is still going strong, but there's obviously a lot of a, a new suite of varieties around. Varieties like Topaz, which is a fairly new apple, which is highly regarded, L-Star, Ambassy, which is a good early one. There's always the, the top five sellers, really. The conference pears of the world is always popular, but Concord is a, is a good variety of pear nowadays. I've got some espalier trees, which I bought from here probably 12-ish years ago now, doing really, really well. I bought them with just, I think, one layer, I think it was, across. And you can train it up as, as high as you want it, really. We grow what's called stepovers, which are one-tier espaliers, and then the majority of our espaliers sold are, are two-tier, so they've got two tiers already pre-trained luckily this year we've got a lot of three tier and four tiers which is kind of unheard of in the industry really but we've we've sort of put a, a lot of effort into to growing more espaliers over the last couple of years we even had some five tiers here believe it or not but we just you know it comes to a point where somebody doesn't want one too big but you can grow them up to five six tiers in the garden if you want to quite happily if you've got the, the wall or the space to do it why should people buy their fruit trees bare root what's the benefit well i suppose they're fresh from the field they tend to be a bit cheaper which is always handy and they do settle in well. You get a, a root system which beds itself in over the autumn and winter. And they certainly seem to resist a lot of the dry, hot summers. Uh, if you planted a container growing tree with lots of sort of fibrous root, you'd have to keep a lot of water going through it during those long, long hot summer months to, to keep it going. Whereas a bare root tree will just tick over. It might not put much growth on, but it'll, it'll just sit there and be perfectly happy, really. So there's, there's a number of uh, advantages, really. And are you likely to get fruit from that tree the following year or do you do you advise to wait another year yeah we always say our trees are are old enough two to three year old there's the potential to get fruit the following year after planting so there is the potential we always ask the the customer to prune the tree back by a little bit by third just to create that structure a bit more and and then after that it'll fruit its heart out really should be no more pruning involved apart from train trees which do need a couple of prunes a year but an ordinary fruit tree standing in the garden shouldn't need pruning after that really i also have got from you a half standard tree And this is something that doesn't grow quite as high. Are they popular? Oh, yeah, we sell a lot of half-standards. And again, they're, they're not, not readily available from a lot of nurseries nowadays. But they've just got a clearer stem of sort of five foot and then the head on top. But they will get to, I mean, depending on variety, you know, three, four, five metres eventually. They're nice for, for the larger gardens or orchards. We sell a lot for orchards. But they're typical-looking trees most people tend to recognise are half-standards. got an, a, a clear stem and then a head on top, whereas we sell a lot of bush trees, which... Effectively, it's on the same rootstocks, but they just start a bit lower down. So how tall could a bush tree get? Same sort of height, really. Again, depending on the rootstock, we, we do sort of three apple rootstocks, one pear rootstock. You could have a bush tree from six, seven foot to sort of 12, 14 foot eventually, really, so that sort of range. I wish I had more room in my garden. <laughs> now, we stood here outside looking at the fantastic plot here. There are some trees already here, but there's quite a lot of space where the bare root trees will be coming soon, I, yeah. I imagine. Oh, yeah. And how many trees do you have here at the height of the season? Oh, this, this place will take up to a thousand trees, quite happily. 
you know, we tend to lift four or five of each and it, it's quite an operation once we get going. But uh, yeah, about a thousand trees sitting here for mm. people to come and choose. And what advice would you give to somebody who is interested in, in purchasing a bare root fruit tree, possibly espalier or fan, cordon, anything like that? What advice would you give? We're finding a lot nowadays that obviously gardens are getting smaller. You know, that's the key. Gardens are getting smaller, especially new houses. And there's not a lot of room. And if you've got a fence or a wall or any surface that you think, you know, what can I grow on that? A fruit tree is perfect. One form is a, is a cordon, which you can plant every two feet if you want to, which is either an angle or vertically. Uh, so you can get an awful lot of fruit trees in small gardens nowadays. And they're easy to manage. You know, a, a freestanding fruit tree for some small garden can be a little bit too big for most people. But uh, trained trees don't take up much room and you get a good crop out of them. And what about pollinating? Do you need to have particular varieties together to help with pollinating? You do, but we often say to people, don't worry too much about pollination because most people live in an urban area now or semi-urban sort of semi area where you don't need a fruit tree in the same garden or the next garden along. It could be half a mile away and it would still hopefully pollinate your tree so we always tell people not to worry too much about pollination if you're really worried about it there are self-fertile varieties but it's not really that necessary what's your favorite varieties oh, what do you what, what do you have that you really like here oh apples i like sunset i think it's one of my favorites cocks obviously a lot of varieties are bred from cocks because it's so good but sunset's one of those as an early one i do like ambassy ambassy's a lovely early apple but sunset sunset's one of my favorites it's crunchy apple but it's, it's got a cox parentage so it's a beautiful flavor it's just a shame we can't offer you any at the moment they've, they've all gone we've picked them all <laughs> it has been an amazing year for apples and pears yeah, this yeah. year hasn't it why do you think that is the spring was pretty mild so flowering was good so flowering was good then there's a lot of fruit set that's the key we did have that long hot summer which we all thought was going to into the, the crops but it seemed to benefit from it really plums were tricky we had a lot of problems with plums early on but um yeah the apples and pears have been pretty good and the season seems to keep going i still got apples on my trees actually so yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's incredible it really is well neil it's been wonderful catching up with you thank you very much for yeah. inviting me here thank to southern fruit in. trees thank you for coming in they are so knowledgeable and they have an amazing choice as well mm. of various different fruit trees and different shapes and but sizes the thing is, speaking to an expert you can go up there and say what you like and what you want to do with what you're growing and they can just point you in the right direction rather than you know going online and just going down a rabbit hole of stuff and personally I'd much rather go to a place like Southern Fruit Trees and speak to an expert and put money back into a local business rather than just a blind internet site. Absolutely. So I mean I bought my fruit trees from them going back probably 12, 13 years Mm. now and they're great fruit trees. Excellent. But it's nice to know they're literally on your doorstep. Yeah absolutely. And actually it's a gorgeous location. It's a great little site isn't it? Lovely going up there. Definitely pop by if you're looking at getting some some bare roots. And actually, Neil did say, particularly cordons, which are the single stem fruit trees, you can easily put a number of cordon fruit trees up against a fence Mm. if you haven't got space for a large fruit tree or even a a sort of half-standard fruit tree. Cordons are a great way to get still a nice amount of fruit. Absolutely. Well, exciting yesterday. I had uh, onion sets and garlic delivered yesterday, so I've been waiting for that eagerly. So they've all come, and we've discussed how to grow those in the past. But the garlic, November time is, is the time to plant garlic. Well-drained soil, lots of organic matter in it, well broken down. So I've got one of, one of the small, small beds is all going to be garlic this year. And that one's all ready to go, and it's arrived. So. That's brilliant. Yes, what varieties exciting. did you get? Uh, Do you remember? Well, I've just gone for a really basic Solent White. Bomb-proof, 
produces loads of garlic. It's great. It's really flavoursome, nice and strong, and, and grows well in this country. And, you know, it's on our doorstep why again. Why wouldn't you? The Isle of Wight, yeah. one of the best growing garlic growing places in the world. Um, why wouldn't you just use a, a, a local variety? Absolutely. Yeah. And they're great down there as well. The I've garlic, never been. Garlic farm. Ooh, I've never been. Very good. I'd love to go, actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, oh, that's exciting. Yes. It's nice to know there are still little things you can do. I like to think that there are a few little things you can still do in the garden that's going to grow and give you something for next year. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we talked about beans the last time we spoke, didn't we? Sweet peas, not yet. I don't generally put mine until January, to be fair, but I know some people sow them really early. But seed catalogues are arriving on the doorstep. Yes, they which are. Is, which is great fun. Yeah. Sit in front of the telly with a, a good seed catalogue and a gin and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's my idea of a good night in. <laughs> that and sorting out all your packets of seeds. Because, yep. uh, well, you're probably a lot neater than I am, but I tend to sort of, you know, grab packets, use what I need, turn the, the top over if I haven't used them all, yep. and then bung them back in a box. So I need to sort them through, yes. see what I've got and what I haven't got and what I'd like to grow for next year. That's also something I, I enjoy doing on a, a wet Sunday morning. Yeah, and you've got to be careful keeping seed as well, haven't you? Because some seed, like parsnip, for example, doesn't keep well. Parsnips are notoriously difficult to germinate anyway. So you've got to give yourself the best start possible and use, in my opinion, use fresh seed. Oh, the rain's coming. It's just starting to rain. Should we move in the shed? <laughs> Let's go, Let's in, go the in the shed. shed. <laughs> Literally, cloudburst. No warning no. whatsoever. So we've had to change locations. It's started to rain. We're back in Steve's shed, which we haven't been in, I don't think, since February, March. Yeah, February, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, February. We've managed to stay outside the whole time. Which has been brilliant. <laughs> and now outside. a little bit of rain and we're wimps and we've retreated inside. <laughs> comfy seats though in here, Steve. They comfy are nice, seats. aren't they? Yeah, very, very comfy nice. seats. Quite at home oh, here. Nice cushion. Yeah, oh. lovely. Can't garlic. Garlic, yes. Actually something else, and again I, I keep waffling on about my little wildflower patch. It's not a meadow at all. It's a little bit of a side <laughs> side part of the garden. A small meadow. A small meadow, yeah. A mini a meadow. meadowette. Yes, yes, maybe. <laughs> a meadowette. A meadowette. It's <laughs> I put some yellow rattle plugs in at the beginning of spring. Okay, and how have they gone? Well, I did see a couple come up. Right. But I, I don't know. I think they probably got lost in the grass. So I am going to dig up the grass. The whole lawn? I might leave a little edge of grass okay um but then i'm gonna do a, a sort of a rectangle inside okay i think wow i do have a habit of digging up grand plans my lawn <laughs> the thing is as the kids get older you know they're not playing football in the garden anymore and yeah we don't really use that side garden it's just we walk past it okay and i have a row of roses on one side and then the other side there are lots of currant bushes mm -hmm. So it's just a little patch. Okay. And so we've let it go. We've let the grass grow every year okay. and whatever weeds are there, whatever, to sort of try and encourage more wildlife. But this year, I think I'm just going to do it properly. Go for it. Just take the turf off. Yeah. Get that soil looking as it should do. So it doesn't need to be in good condition. In fact, those meadows, they much prefer. A rough, yeah. really rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. I've got my yellow rattle seeds Perfect. already. Excellent. What else are you going to grow? What else? What, are you going to just do a mix? I'm going to do a mix. Yeah. Just for the first year. Yeah. See, see what, what happens. happens. Brilliant. How exciting. I've Not been talking about it for so long <laughs> and sort of mucking around a little bit. So this time. It's it finally going to happen. Yeah, do it properly. Good. Well, my big job for this year, I'm actually replacing all the beds this year. Are you? <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's a job. What, all the, getting rid of all the, the wooden bit around the outside? Yeah. Every one of them's going. For, like for like, but it's going to be a big job and a lot of timber. But there's a guy locally who mills locally sourced timber. So I've spoken to him. I've put my order in. We've tweaked it a little. And um, that should be arriving in the next few weeks. 
which is very exciting, very nerve-wracking, and it's going to be a lot of hard work. Well, considering I've got there's 10 big beds, each four and a half metres by one and a half metres. So do the maths. Yeah. It's a lot of timber. That is a lot. It's a lot. I haven't had the price yet. No. <laughs> it's going to look nice. It's right? going to look great. I'm yeah. going for cedar as well. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It is going to look lovely. Yeah, it's going to look great, yeah. No, I think it's really nice to have sort of things to look forward to and prepare, whilst you can't actually be gardening, gardening. Yeah, and I think there is always something to do, isn't there? There's always little projects of the build project, whether you're going to build beds like I'm going to, or replace beds, or build a compost bin. You have to invest, don't you? If it's something that you love doing, and somewhere you like to be, then why not have it looking and working as it should be? Exactly. So that's my project project for the next next month or two then? Yeah, over the winter. You'll be out there, you know, you'll be out in that fresh air. Exactly. Working in the garden. Exactly. Nothing quite like that, I think, actually. And if you can still go out in your garden in the winter, as as hard as it can be to get out there when it's cold Mm. and miserable and a bit soggy. See, I don't don't mind the cold. Do you not? It's the wet. It's when you get wet, then cold. That's just not nice. No, you have to keep moving. It does help. It comes back to the halogen lamp in here, doesn't it? You need to get a little generator out the back, get a halogen lamp. And maybe it's toasted cheese sandwiches rather than just a cheese sandwich. You'll be making this into a sauna, don't <laughs> Steve's sauna. <laughs> get rid of the potato bed out the front there and make a plunge pool. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might get arrested. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Still lots to do. Yep, always. Good. And the rain is going. now proper falling. Well, at least we've got your shed. Exactly. It's been good to see you, Steve. You too. Nice to see you. And you too. Look forward and, to next uh, time. Me too. Gosh, it's going to be December. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, damn. That means it's nearly Christmas. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Lots of gardening Christmas presents to talk about. Yes. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Bring your top three wish list Christmas presents okay. for the next one. Okay, I'll Super. do that. Do it. Good idea. Thanks for joining us in Growing Together. We always love to have you with us. If you'd like to chat to us or you have a question, you can contact us on 01730555500 or you can email team at shineradio.uk. Happy gardening. together new every month and always online at shineradio.uk when you listen to petersfield's shine radio the children of sheet primary school will keep you on time it's 16 minutes to seven it's quarter past five through the day every day their young voices keep petersfield running like clockwork it's 27 minutes to 12 it's half past six Shine Time is sponsored by Pickets and Purses for the timeless beauty of new and vintage jewellery in Petersfield. It's 29 minutes to three. Shine Time, only from Petersfield's Shine Radio.